My name's Nick. I'm the owner of Kevlar Joe's and I'm the roaster. I'm an Air Force Security Forces veteran, a dad to three wild boys, and a husband to my wife, Crystal, and a coffee enthusiast. From a family in a small town in Missouri, we started with the simple idea of crafting a perfectly bold cup of coffee. Inspired by wellness and countless pots of stale coffee while deployed, we wanted to craft a bold, clean, and smooth coffee. So we did. And we realized we wanted to share this coffee with our friends. Lord knows we could all use a good cup of coffee right about now. From the farm to your coffee cup, there's nothing like a good, well-crafted, and bold cup of coffee. No matter what time of the day, it's there to pick you up, motivate you, and relax you. We hope you enjoy our coffee. Be bold, be humble, be Kevlar. And you can find Kevlar Joe's Coffee Company anytime you want at www.kevlarjoe.com. And for listeners of the Dig Bible Podcast, use the code, all caps, DIG20, whenever you're checking out to get a 20% off discount. Enjoy. Hi, this is Derek Gilbert. If you want to know your Bible, you have to dig, and you're in the right place. This is the Dig Bible Podcast. We should read our Bible as men digging for buried treasure. The Bible is the world's most popular enigma. Its secrets lost to cultures beneath the sands of time. Or is it? It is the glory of God to conceal things but the glory of kings is to search things out. God wants you to seek, to read his word, to to look for that knowledge. He wants you to do that. And the people at Nicaea, they like chopped out 80 books of the Bible. We need to bring those back. There's more bad guys in this thing than a Bruce Willis Let's back it up here. I love the intro to your show because it's exactly right. There's these nuggets of gold in his word. As you guys always say in the show, you, you gotta dig it. Dig it. Show us your nuggets. God, our creator, lies outside of time and space and matter. I feel like God's gonna be like, hello, McFly! You ain't got it so far, then. There are secret societies think that they are the descendants of the giant. I mean, isn't isn't this exciting? I mean, you read it's like wow. The Nephilology Roundtable. But these angels were taken to help immediately. Do not pass gold. Do not collect two hundred dollars. You're out of the game. Dirty hands means clean theology. Can you dig it? What's going on, all my local guys and gals, and long-distance pals? We're back. I've not been here in four weeks. I had to do it. It sounds... Man, I forgot all about that. It's It's refreshing. (laughs) So, Stephen's like, yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. It's great. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Bible Podcast. I'm Justin. I'm Steve. And I'm Bigfoot. The local Sasquatch. The local Sasquatch. I love it. You've got, got the Sasquatch uh, crossing yeah, sign yeah. right behind you. So, Oh, Kenny C. nicknamed me Benfoot. So. We'll go with it. Benfoot. Benfoot it is. <laughs> T-shirt's coming soon. All proceeds go to Jeep parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, guys, it's been, I mean, seriously, like a month. It has. I've sat here at this chair. I actually forgot what you looked like. But anyway, we, we keep on trucking forward. Um, I hope that uh, everybody actually didn't mind just me and Ben. <laughs> We had to back it up a few times. Back it up. But um, Beep. 
beep. It was a good beep. time. Remember, we had we had fun, but it's always better when all three of us are here. So we like it when we're all together. Yeah, I've, I've been working a lot and working. Uh, yeah. T- tell them what you're working on. Chippendales. Oh. Chippendales. <laughs> I thought it was something else. No, 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 no. You're hurt. No. You must be hurting bad. <laughs> yeah. Because I don't know who would pay you. Hey, man. <laughs> but no, I'll be working Your like, wife. like 20 hours overtime every single week. And But I have been working on a little uh, side project called the uh, Prometheus Lens podcast. Uh, just basically re-examining everything, no subject off the table, uh, conspiracy theories, uh, creation, just myths whatever but i've interviewed uh, three or four people it's been fun interesting conversations but you guys well your old ladies been working on a my wife's project. not old yeah my wife's a young lady yeah she's it's a been, southern term my wife has lady. been 28 for like <laughs> nine years now <laughs> or however long she's stopped at 28 so we got two new shows coming to the the dig bible podcast channel mm-hmm. so tell, so tell them about that the show will be put on there's going to be uh three ladies most of the time here with liz uh keisha and also leslie they're going to be it's going to be called the mustard seed we're going to be focusing on um mostly uh bible study and and diving into a lot of different biblical topics but definitely always using the bible to back everything up um They'll have an intro show, kind of like what we did, kind of going over some things, and then they'll start working through a few different books of the Bible. And I think it'll be really awesome because it's good for a woman to hear it from a woman's point of view. So we're going to have, you know, trying to hit all aspects and, and hope that everybody really enjoys it. Um, I was here the, when they recorded the first couple, and it's really good stuff. And honestly, I hope you don't stop listening to us just to start listening to them. So it'll be good. They probably will. They probably will. So it's all about variety. You it know, is. If we're not your flavor, maybe they will be. And uh, Variety's the spice of life. Some people like salt. Some people like pepper. I was more talking about ammo, but, you know, incendiary <laughs> rounds, tracers, armored tip. Yep. So you guys be on the lookout for that, and I guess a good... <laughs> call to action would be uh you know share the love as ben says in one of our outros share us with a with a friend or family member and see if we're somebody else's flavor yeah you never know where it's gonna go and both of those will be justin's show and uh, liz and keisha's show uh, with leslie will be uh, just right under the same umbrella so when you go under the dig bible podcast you'll see it pop up as either the prometheus lens or you'll see it pop up as the uh the mustard as seed. the mustard seed so um look forward to those i think i'm looking forward to it it's going to be we're getting to the point where we're spanning across a lot of different subjects a lot of different good uh subject material but you know using the bible as our foundation so love it and we're going to keep on moving forward well our uh, episode we did a while back with uh, the jesus parables was a was a hit I think uh, last time I looked, it was it was definitely in the top ten mm-hmm. downloaded episodes. So might even been top five. To be yeah, honest. for a while it was, I believe. So we uh, decided to look at this subject again because there's lots of Jesus parables and there's lots of uh, interpretations and multiple meanings behind those. So those are always fun to dive into. So we thought we'd do a, a part two Jesus parables. Look forward to part three because it most likely will come. There's an abundance of this, and every time you start looking into one of these parables or something that you've, you know, you've, you may have read it before, and you look back through it, and you're like, oh, it was pretty cut and dry. But if you really start peeling back the layers, you start finding that God's trying to tell you a little bit more, and we'll see that through uh, at least a couple of the ones we go through today. So. Um, I don't know if you want to start out. Oh, I get the honors this time. Yeah. You're usually you're usually so gracious and always let everybody else go first. I'll let you go first. Oh, today. yeah, you caught that. <laughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for all the many blessings. Uh, thank you for uh, allowing uh, 
some clearance in the work schedule for us to get back together. I've really missed this. I've missed these these two handsome fellers and just sit down and going through your word and, and just uh, the fellowship. I've really missed it. So thank you for that. Thank you for the the freedom of this country that we can actually sit down and go through your word and openly talk about it. So uh, as always, hope this reaches uh, the one that it needs us to reach. And uh, amen. Amen. I like that. Always the one. Looking for the one. So, what do you got, Steve? You pass the prayer to me, I'll pass the lead to you. Fair enough. All right, well, the one that I really wanted to look at today is something that when I looked back through and I was kind of reading through and I, I was looking at, once again, I, I brought this up last time. I have a book that um, is some of R.C. Sproul's uh, uh, breakdown of some of the parables, and I like where he takes it. It opens my mind a little bit and opens my eyes to a few different things, but it, it just kind of, it's just I like seeing my you know what what god tells me through it but what god told somebody else as well because it shows you just the many like like the peeling of an onion right all the different layers that you start seeing through those parables so the parable and you can depending on your version of the bible it's actually called two different things it's either called the parable of the persistent widow or the parable of the unjust judge so they're both characters in the parable but I'll go ahead and uh, read the parable real quick, and then we'll start breaking it down a little bit. Um, but this is in Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. But there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him, saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says, and will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? He will delay long over them. Or will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, he will, will he find faith on earth? So, a couple things right away. Um, that last line is a little ominous, right? When the Son of Man comes, so this is Jesus talking, so he's talking about his next coming, not because he already has come he's to already this here, time. Yeah. He's already here. But he, he's actually asking, when he comes, will he find faith on earth? That's actually kind of terrifying to think that there, that's even a question, that the church would be so deluded or so far gone that there wouldn't be any faith left on earth. But anyway. Well, well with that, it's also him saying that because he already knows. So, so it could be a hint that it is going to be that far gone. And then Psalms 89, you know, the, the unjust rulers. How long will you rule unjustly? You know, that's what kind of put me in the yeah. mind of. So looking at this, you, let's go back to the beginning and talk about the characters in this first, right? You have the unjust judge and you have the widow. But first the judge, it says he feared neither God nor respected man. Um, now, I mean, this may be a foreign thought to some people out there thinking that maybe somebody in a position of power doesn't really care about you or care about your rights or care about what justice is. They don't live in America, do they? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> so you see, I mean, how, how sad is it that even at this point we're talking about someone who is in a position of power, who's supposed to be the the overseer of the justice system and yet he doesn't fear God and he doesn't care about people. What, what, what do those people in power care about? They care about keeping their position, their station. Keeping their power and, and keeping, getting more power. And getting more power. And that's the same thing that we're seeing here. 
So you see this judge is no different than the leaders of today that we see around our world today, that it's more about keeping their power, keeping their office, keeping their influence, keeping their power. That's what it's all about. The widow, she's coming asking for justice against her adversary. We don't really know the, the, who the adversary was, what happened. It doesn't even go into that. It's just saying that something happened to this widow, and she's asking for justice. I think if you look at this, and I'm going to go through, there's a, the, the, it's very important that you see that the widow is used because God multiple times talks about his compassion for either the fatherless or the widows. And, about, and, and so at this time, if you go back to him, especially not that it isn't somewhat that way now, but so much more back then, a man-centric society where women literally were second-race citizens at that point. You know, men, you didn't, you know, you only spoke when you're spoken to, you know, things of this nature. And you look at this, and you see that we're seeing a widow, so the, the one that would have been the most vulnerable at that time. You're taking the one that's the, the lowest on the, the social totem pole. Let's put it that way. But right here, a few verses. James one twenty-seven. Religion is that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction to keep oneself unstained from the world Psalm 68 5 the father of the fatherless and the protective protector of the widows is God in his holy habitation and then Deuteronomy uh, 14 29 and the Levite, because he has no portion or inheritance with you, and so the sojourner, the fatherless, and the widow who are within your towns shall come and eat and be filled, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands and all that you do. So you see right now, God's always taking care of the widows, right? They, he has a special heart or a special place in his heart for them because of where they were and their social status. They're down, they're down here on the bottom of that, that social totem pole. And and because even back then, if you think the woman's husband would always speak for her. Now this woman doesn't have a husband. Her husband's gone. And if you even go back 100, 120 years here, you know, uh, if you go back to old America, you would say the, the primary breadwinner was always the male. You know, and, and the, the roles have obviously changed throughout history. And we've got to a point where obviously there's more equality and things have gone come a long way as far as that but when you look at these things and you see that I think it's just really important to see how vulnerable she was so if that and you used to talk about you know Deuteronomy uh, in my notes uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27 and verse 19 where it says uh, in verse 3 here you know give me justice against my adversary which you know word play here you know ha satan mm -hmm. satan uh, Moses declares that those who refuse justice for widows, among others, shall be opposed by God. Ultimately, you see that the widow, her persistence pays off. Her persistence pays off, even with this godless man who didn't fear, or I'm sorry, didn't respect his fellow human being. His persistence, her persistence paid off. So, when you go through this, and, and it talks about it right at the beginning of the parable. What does it say? It says, And he told them a parable to effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. This is so important for us. It's showing a picture of what persistence does. And we're talking about persistent prayer. I firmly believe that you know, we look at, we've been going through Acts and talking about the apostles, uh, Paul and Peter, and, and you see these people doing amazing things, healing people, you know, because of the faith and the Holy Spirit that they have inside of them. We have that same thing inside of us. There's no doubt. But the difference is that we, in some ways, lack the same faith they did because we didn't have that same experience they did. You know, Peter walked with Jesus. In the pure depravity, you know, I, I remember seeing some woman. She does little funny videos. She's a Christian, but she uh, 
acts like a modern woman. She's sitting there and she's holding her wine glass and she's like, "Oh yeah, Christians are we're, we're persecuted. We have to work on Sundays and my boss and then I can't talk about the Bible and you know being all bubbly and you know foo foo." And then it cuts and it's her again, but dressed up like a like an old uh, Jewish woman. And she's got dirt all over her face, and she's like, "You call that persecution?" You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this this person was uh, burnt to death at the stake for talking about Christ, and you know how spoiled you are. It's funny, you know, to look at the the differences between now and then, just the the depravity. We have gotten weak as a nation when it comes to what true suffering is. Think about. Mm-hmm. William Tyndale, right? This is something I have to talk about. There's a good chance that in your house, if you have more than one Bible, there's a Bible that says Tyndale's name on the back. You know, he was burned at the stake for translating the Bible so that everybody could read it. He was burned by the church. Oh, yeah. The Roman Catholic the Church stake. didn't want us commoners to know the truth. For, and so we want to talk about persecution. There are many countries around this world that can that can 100% say that they're being persecuted for their beliefs. That happens. It's happened, you know, if we go back to uh, uh, Nazi Germany, Poland, that people modern were. China. Modern China. Um, and I mean, China for. That's still today, yeah. But. Over in Iraq and all that areas. You you are persecuted for those beliefs. And people in this country don't have any idea what persecution is. And the whole point, too, going back to the widow, is that we say this all the time. This is written to people at that time who would have understood when you said a widow where they were on the social status, right? Same thing. That... So many different people around this this world are, are struggling with this persecution and struggling with different things that are going through their lives. And, I mean, we are struggling with, with things as well, not in the same way, not religious persecution, but we all have, and I, I hate the terminology, our cross to bear, because honest to God, we have never bared a cross like Jesus bared. But we all have struggles in our lives. We all do. We're all attacked in one way or another. And the whole point is, the whole point of this parable, the whole thing is persistent prayer, is that God answers persistent prayer. It says, and will God not give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay over them? He says, I will, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. It just it's so important that we are in prayer often. You can't sit there and think, well, you know what? I prayed once today. I did my quota. It's done. That's it. Well, see, I think that's the, the whole point. Is if you, you're doing it because you truly need God, you're going to pray more often. So the sincerity of it's there. If, you know, you but, go to a job interview and you go, Hey, I'd like to have this job. No. All right, see ya. You keep going back. Hey, I really need this job. Hey, I really need this job. Over and over, they're going to be like, okay, let's give you a shot. Or like this judge. It, yeah. Give him a job so I ain't got to see him no more. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, it's it's it shows your sincerity in in what you're you're asking for or trying to do. It does show sincerity, but that also goes into the fact, and we have to think about prayer in this level, is when we're having a bad day, something bad happens to us, something bad happens to one of our family members, do we pray more that day or less that day than normal? We pray more. Why? Why? Because we're the ones being affected. Why when when somebody else, say Justin's being affected and, and and it isn't hurting me on a physical level, why shouldn't I pray just as much for my fellow Christian? Why shouldn't I pray just as much for Ben? Why shouldn't I pray just as much for somebody else? The whole point of constant prayer is not just so you can better yourself. I'm not Joel Olstein. I'm sorry. Not that not happening. Not gonna be that way. Jesus is not your personal genie. This this right. You're not just gonna sit there, rub your lamp, and say, God, I really need to win the lottery today. That's just not how it works. 
The whole point is that you are asking God to not only protect you, you know, and first of all, you, you thank God for everything he's given you because not a thing that we have we deserve. Not a thing. We don't deserve a bit of it. Not, not one thing. Everything I have, every material, physical thing I have, and, and every spiritual blessing I have is because of God. There's nothing that I deserve or I've earned on my own. You can't, that's not there. So when we get to this point where we're talking about, okay, I'm in a good place. You know, I, I had a great day today. Everything phenomenally happened. It, like I, you couldn't have a better day. Everything turned up aces. You found $100 in the parking lot. You, you picked up a scratch off that had 500 bucks on it, and uh, it's your birthday. I mean, everything great. You know, everything's turning up aces. Guess what? You pray then and thank God for that, too. You don't just sit there and say, oh, that's coincidence. The whole thing is persistent prayer pays off because God wants that relationship with us. The same way he wants it with the widow in this parable, the whole point is persistent prayer pays off. And one thing I want to caveat with that, too, is uh, something I – tell my kids and and my you know anybody close to me that'll listen uh <laughs> and you can tell by the way i pray it anybody that's listened to this show long enough it's kind of robotic i mean because you could expect i'm always going to lead off with god thank you for all the many blessings that you've given me mm-hmm. because i'm a firm believer that gratitude reciprocates you know if you let's say you bring your your wife flowers every single day for a year after a week or so she's going to get complacent and not think it is so special and then even probably take it for granted same thing if you flip it you know if your wife brings you a juicy steak for your lunch break every single day for a A year new jeep every day after a while you're going to get complacent and used to it but if you're constantly, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that so much. And you just give so much gratitude when somebody does something for you. That's going to make that person want to do it more because they know that you're grateful for it. So your Heavenly Father, I mean, it's not going to be any different. That, that's how I've always looked at it. I think it's important, too, to always remember that when we pray, and there's certain times, and actually Liz has been the best at reminded me of this because we've had our you know throughout my life we've had our methodical prayers for meal time and it's the same prayer over and over again and if you go through the church and i'm not against don't don't i'm not against the lord's prayer i think that's a great prayer the nicene creed i'm all for pray the prayers but when you pray them especially one that you've memorized that's methodical that you've been and, and gone through and you say it every sunday or whatever depending on what church you're in or whatever think about what you're saying if you just say words that's not a prayer you need to know you're talking to god you need to have that relationship you need to be able to say listen when i'm talking when i'm saying these words what does it truly mean you know when i say uh uh, our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name what am i saying you know don't just say it to say it that doesn't mean anything it's hollow what did, what did Jesus say? I'd rather have you be hot or cold rather than lukewarm. I'll spit you out of my mouth. Like, you need to know what you're saying. You need to be on fire for God. Know you're speaking to him. Have that relationship with him. So when you're sitting there and we say these prayers, we've always said, and that's something, and I'm I, once again, I think it's good, especially when you're younger, to have some of those methodical prayers to get your kids in the habit of praying. I think it's important. The... Um, you know, we always prayed the come Lord Jesus, be our guest as far as like for meals and things of that nature. But when you get there and you and you sit there and pray it and, and you've done it so many times, if you don't take the time to think about what are you saying, just because you're saying words doesn't mean anything. It's the same thing as like we talk about Satan knowing God. Satan knows God better than any of us does. Is he going to heaven? No, he's not. But he knows God better than we do. Just sitting there saying God or saying this doesn't mean you're going to heaven, doesn't mean you're having a conversation with him. You need to know that when you're speaking to God, that's a sacred time that you need to make sure that you're having that connection. You need to know that because if you do, 
and you have that prayer and you're consistent in it, God will also, he'll, he'll not only answer it, but he will also, it'll, it'll just become more fruitful. And I'm going to give you just a few verses on this, and then I will digress a little bit, sorry. Um, but Philippians 4, 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Matthew 21, 22, and whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Think about that. It says anything. And I mean, we're not talking about winning the lottery. That's not what I'm, that's not what this is saying at all. Neighbor. Somebody's popping a few rounds off. Living in the south. Oh, See yeah. my automatics going off in the background. But whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive. That right there. And it says, if you have faith. And what does it also say in the Bible? It says, and faith the size of a mustard seed can move mountains. Right? Faith. Man, he is giving it heck out there. <laughs> All right. Either uh, that or he's just a really bad shot. <laughs> that deer's still moving. <laughs> They better not be hunting deer right now. James five thirteen through 15. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick. Just, just quoting scripture here. Colossians 4, 2, and 3. Continue steadfastly in prayer. Be watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. And the last one, Romans 12. 12. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation and be constant in prayer. It tells us, it gives us the blueprint. It tells us, first of all, what does it talk about? Multiple times, thanksgiving. Like you said, always thanks God for your blessings. Be sincere, but always thank God for your blessings. After that, we can ask God for whatever it is. Heal the sick. Be there for me during this big test. Be, you know, Help me at work today. I know it's going to be a tough day. God will be there for you if you pray with that sincerity. Thank him for everything you have. But also pray for those things that, that you need for help in your life. God says he will not give you any struggle that you cannot handle without him. But that's you going to him in prayer. You talking to him and you having that conversation. Be constant in prayer. Have faith. And then on top of that, after you pray, listen. God talks to you. You can sit there and pray for an answer all day, but if you don't listen, you might never hear the answer. Be in his word, dig into the scripture, and God will talk to you. Let's be honest. Life insurance is for when the unexpected happens and you want to leave a legacy for your family besides debt and a mountain of unread biblical research books. The Better Insurance Agency can shop for home and auto insurance through multiple carriers to find the best deal and we can also do that with life insurance as well. It literally takes just a couple of quick questions, and you can get right to finding a plan that fits your needs and your budget. There's even insurance policies that don't require the time to take a physical before you sign up. And you know what that means. More time for you to dig into that pile of biblical research. Check out our life insurance options at thebetterquote.com. Once again, that's thebetterquote.com. Only available in Virginia and Tennessee. Which I was looking into these, and one that really stood out to me was, uh, in it's actually in Luke, Matthew, and uh, Mark, but it's the uh, laborers in the vineyard, in which it kind of stood out to me, and I already had, you know, kind of, some different interpretations on it because you know like we talked about in the last show 
parables can have multiple meanings. And you, you referenced that onion, but when I already had kind of a, a template in mind, and then I reread it and studied some more, and then I, I ended up peeling back a whole nother layer, which I thought was really cool, and I was excited to, to share this with you guys. But if you go to Matthew chapter 20, and it starts in verse 1 and goes to 16, and I'll just uh, read it first, and I'll go through the the two interpretations that I got here. But it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again at the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? And they said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go into the vineyard too. And when the evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages beginning with the last up to the first and when those hired about the eleventh hour came each of them received a denarius now when those hired first came they thought that they would receive more but each of them also received a denarius and on receiving it they grumbled at the master of the house saying these last worked only an hour and you have made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and scorching heat? But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first will be last. So one of the, I guess to me, one of the obvious uh, symbolism to this is the Gentiles and the Jewish people. You know, uh, the Jewish people were God's chosen people from the beginning, and so they had, you know, quote-unquote labored longer, and uh, the denarius, you know, it was uh, uh, the agreeable day's wage. So their, you know, their acceptance as God's people, that was their payment. So when the Gentiles come along, you know, we got the same exact payment as they did. And then when it was referring to the, the sweat and the labor, I think that's talking about the law. They were here longer. They followed all these dietary rules and sustained from unclean things and done all this quote-unquote labor and here we come and we're given the same pay and all the same benefits but we didn't have to do all the, the quote-unquote work that they had to do I agree I think the I think that's spot on I think that the way I kind of interpret it is also in a way where if you look at the the thief on the cross next to jesus you gonna go into this or should i should i leave it alone that's kind of where i i'm agreeing. so i I think, I think i think about this in the way that you know we can sit there someone can say they've been a christian their whole life and they can look down and judge people who have who in their eyes are sinners which we've talked about this before we're no different than anybody else. The difference is that we've asked for forgiveness and that we have that salvation because of our faith in Jesus and that we know he died for us. But there's people out there who don't believe that. And just because they don't doesn't mean we should treat them different or, or things should be different because you know what? That thief on the cross in his dying hour said to Jesus, truly, you're the son of God, right? And he, you'll be with me in paradise. Yep. And, and it... it you know what? If I could, if you could tell me, 
Everybody around me is going to be absolutely hateful people, but that last week they're on earth, if you talk to them, they're going to they're going to turn their ways and go to heaven. You know how much God would want that? And if we can make a difference in somebody's life when they're they've been through, they've been to and done they've been the worst people in the world. Jeffrey Dahmer did whatever it was and he's talking to somebody in prison and they somehow convert him at the last second. Does he deserve you know, we can sit there and from an earthly way, do we think he deserves to go to heaven? And most people would say no. But the problem is his sin is the same as your little white lie that you said to your parent or whatever. Exactly. It, the, all of it's death. That's the punishment. So I'm, I'm in agreement. It's, it's you get saved when you're four. And you and you live a godly life, or you say you get saved on your deathbed, you get the same reward. You you go to heaven, and there you are. And see, when I you know years ago when I read that, you know my my flesh was like, well, yeah, I've been ticked off too. I've been out in the field working all day, and this guy shows up for an hour, and I I get paid the same as him. That, that's crap. That's human. I mean, yeah, that's, that's human the flesh, flesh yeah. yeah. So, but then when you look at it this perspective, and and you are put in the position of the guy that showed up for one hour, that's when that wave of gratitude just flows over you. It's like, well, I didn't, man, I'm giving yeah. this gift that I didn't even earn. Thank you. And it does. It just gives you a whole new perspective, and it also makes me think of uh, the whole Hebrew roots thing. You got so many people now that are g- clearly Gentiles and there's a there's a difference I mean the Bible tells you there's the righteous and there's the elect there's I mean we're one accord but I mean there's two distinct sets and yeah he it's, God has his favorites but what I'm getting he at, does he but, does Doug's one of them he had, a, he had a bumper sticker but what I'm getting at is that's your pride it is yeah because it's like you were the one that showed up for an hour and you get paid your denarius and instead of being thankful and putting it in your pocket and being just so grateful you're like okay well uh i'll clean your house and do your dishes and uh i'll show up tomorrow and work for four more hours because uh i'm not accepting this because no i didn't earn it no i'm going to earn my keep you know that's your pride talking take the gift and be grateful because it's not required. You are ruining yeah, he the blessing you. and That's, gift yeah. that that person is trying to give you. And You're spitting ways, in their face. In all ways, we've been on both sides of this in our lives. At times, yeah. we've been yeah. on both oh, yeah. sides of this. But I think you're 100% right when you're talking about it from that the, Jew, the Jewish to the Gentile way. I think that's, that's such a, uh, you know, when you've been God's chosen people and you see it, we, like I said, I've, I've referenced this before, but looking at acts how many times did they say well these people are are gentiles and they're not circumcised and they're not this and they're not that they they want that constant separation between them and even peter's like I, i've seen them get the holy spirit i i can't argue with i mean they are there there's no distinction between us anymore jesus tore that well, wall see, down yeah i think that's also a pride thing too where it's but i'm the favorite I can't let somebody else and take the favorite spot. I'm the favorite. Or I'm the the elect, you yeah. know. But at the same time on this topic, it's... So Jesus gives us his salvation. We tell him it's not good enough. As we try to do other works to earn it. But also, we have to be careful. Because you don't want to nail him to the cross again. And that's where we all struggle. You know you're doing wrong. Uh, but I'm saved. I'll just ask for forgiveness later. And look at it from and the do giver. And do your sin, whatever you're doing. You're practically nailed them to the cross again for the sin that you're committing, knowing you're committing sin, knowing that you have his, his gift of salvation. And look at it from the giver's point of view. But, you know, let's oh, say, yeah. Ben, you only, you, know, you only got $200 I, to I, your name. I give you my Jeep, and then you're like, 
but I don't like blue. Like, go screw yourself. Yeah. You know what? Give me them keys back. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. somebody. Wait, is that an option? No. Oh. <laughs> yeah, somebody wants to be generous and give you something, and you're like, you, no, I, I, I'll work for it. I'll do this or do that. Yeah. It's like, no, I want to bless you. Don't, yeah. don't I want spit to help in my face. You out. But uh, this other interpretation that I come up with, uh, and this was just this morning. I was because I mean, like I said, I done read this. I had notes on it, and thought I was good to go. But then I was like, "Well, I'm gonna read over it again and just see if there's something I missed." And I come up with a whole new thing. But you know, verse one talks about you know it says, "But the kingdom of heaven is like a master of the house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers in his vineyard." Well, the last episode, you know, I covered the uh, uh, the parable of the tenant. You know, and I talked about how that is, uh, you know, the the landowner is God. The the vineyard uh, symbolizes earth. The workers, you know, were the uh, uh, the Deuteronomy 32 angels, and you know they rebelled and killed the Son of God. So, with that in mind, you know, this vineyard is the same. It's the earth. And it says, he went out early in the morning. Well, John chapter 11 and verse 9, he says, are there not 12 hours of daylight? So, like, when you look at it through the, the ancient people's eyes and how they seen and seen things and told time, the first hour referred to 6 to 7 a.m. The 11th hour was 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Because, you know, in Mark where it says, you know, they... They nailed Christ to the cross in the third hour. That was 9 a.m. So, uh, yeah, my my version actually gives you time. Okay. It says about, like, verse 3, it says about 9 in the morning, he went out and saw people standing. Then the next one, it says noon. And then about 3 in the afternoon, he did the same. And then about 5, he went out and found still others standing around. Right. So it, my version kind of gives you about about time frame. Yeah, they, they do some translation for yeah. you there. So when he says he goes out early in the morning, they don't give you a specific time. So sunrise, you know, six a.m. So it was probably bright and early sun just coming up yep. to get a full day's work. He go, he went out the first time to find these people. Well, grapes are harvested between June and September because this is a you know a vineyard, where, you know, grapes. Well, verse 2, uh, he agrees to pay the, the people of Denarius, you know, and that's a day's wage. Well, I kind of looked at this through the vineyard being earth and the times, the earthly times being like, kind of like uh, dispensationalism kind of lens here. So the first workers that he got at the beginning of the day, which if you look at it as the beginning of time, creation okay were the angels so verse 3 it says the third hour you know it was 8 to 9 a.m he went and got more workers so that's the second batch that's adam and eve so verse 4 he says whatever he tells them instead of saying i'll give you a denarius like he told the other ones he tells these people whatever is right i will give to you so it's pretty much, you know, we can take for granted that they were, they expected less. They right. weren't working as much. They right. were going to get less. Yeah, whatever's what, whatever you feel you didn't work a whole day, so whatever's right, I'll pay you. Yeah, however long you work. So he that's didn't what specifically tell right. them, "I'll right. give you dinars." He said, "I'll give you what is right." So uh, verse five says, "The sixth hour, which was around noon, he went and got more workers." So this is, you know, the the fathers. The, you know, the, like the original people of God, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses. And then verse 6, the 11th hour, which is 4 to 5 p.m., the last batch is us, the Gentiles. So verse 7 says, because no, because, well, I thought this was crazy because when he went up to those people, he said, why are you just standing here idle all day? You know, their response was, because nobody hired us. They were unwanted. You know, that's kind of how I identified them with the Gentiles. Uh, and well, it could be they're, they're not the elect. They're, they didn't have the law. Yeah. They, they were put aside. Yeah. 
so uh, in verse 9 it says uh, as the sun was going down they were paid but they were paid from last to first uh, verse 11 upon receiving payment those hired first grumbled and they should receive more that they were there at the beginning this is the angels and what I thought was crazy was uh, verse 12 it says because you have made them equal right they're not lower they're equal well, that could also be Gentiles versus Jews also. Well, that was my and first then, interpretation. Right. Yeah, this then, is another one, yeah. And then they're saying, me as a Jew, saying, how dare you make them, savages, equal to us, kind of, you know, and be upset about that. Yeah, but with with the angel point of view, yeah, like I'm right. doing here, it's still, verse still 13, the same thing, yeah. But verse 13 says, he replied to one of them. Well, what one angel was haughty and angry that we were equals to the elder brothers? Okay. Satan. Yeah. And listen here. What does he say to him next in verse 14? He's talking to a single person. It says it. Take what belongs to you and go. Herein is the dominion over earth, as as we've talked about before. Yeah. So in verse 16, it, it, it starts off with the word, so. When do we say so? As a result of, right? Mm-hmm. It says, so, the last will be first, and the first will be last. Because of you, Satan, have grumbled about mankind being equal to you the first will be last and the yeah. last will be somewhere first somewhere it does say that that we're above angels that, that i can't it, remember it where it says that we will judge angels but I, that's referring to the the fallen well, angels that are in tartarus what and timothy albrino covered that yeah, yeah so because we, it's we're not ju- you know we're not above the angels in heaven that's just but it's when it talks about judging angels. That's a, that's a totally different. But that that actually, and I've never thought of it. That I mean, way. it blew my mind this morning. That actually makes a lot of sense, especially with that Satan interpretation. And that really, the way it breaks that down, makes a lot of sense. And um, <laughs> take what's yours and go. Yeah. That, I mean, that's pretty profound. Yeah. That's pretty profound. I like that. And then what I thought was crazy too is, and I'll, I'll just. Uh, I wanted to add these in because they kind of just popped up in my mind as I was having this revelation. Uh, if you go to Joel 3.13. Put in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Go in, tread, for the wine press is full. The vats overflow for their evil is great so there it's talking about uh, a vineyard being harvested you know and we talked about how that how that relates to this parable and how the harvest season was uh, from june to september so then if you go to isaiah chapter 63 verse 7 No, I'm sorry. 63.3 I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. I trotted them in my anger and trampled them in my wrath, for their lifeblood splattered on my garments and stained all my apparel. For the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption had come. And to tie this with a bow, that way you know where I'm getting at. Revelation chapter 14, starting in verse 14. The harvest of the earth. Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and seated on the cloud, one like a son of man 
with a golden crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. And another angel came out of the temple, calling with a loud voice to him, and sat on the, th on the cloud. Put in your sickle and reap, for the hour to reap has come, for the harvest of the earth is fully ripe. So he sat down on the cloud, swung his sickle across the earth, and the earth was reaped. Now, if you go down to 17, so that was the wheat, the separating of the, of the, the wheat and the tares, right? So when you go down to 17, here's another harvest. Then another angel came out of the temple in heaven, and he too had a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar, and the angel who has the authority over fire. And he was called with a loud voice to the one who had the sharp sickle. Put in your sickle and gather the clusters from the vine of the earth, for its grapes are ripe. So the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the grape harvest of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of wrath of God. And the wine press was trodden outside the city, and the blood flowed from the wine press as high as a horse's bridle, up to 1,600 strata. So I ain't saying that I can put a prophetic date or time but clearly you can see that this coincides with the harvests and stuff of the Jewish people so I can't tell you what year you know or what time but everything that all these verses that I've read have showed that this correlates with the, the grape harvest and the wheat harvest of when he when he comes back to judge the earth and I thought that was pretty cool especially when you look at the the dates with Jewish feasts and holy days uh, June through September was the grape harvest season well that puts you in the feast of tabernacles where God dwells amongst his people and uh, I read an article this morning it was saying that uh, there was laws and stuff written to where when you done the wheat harvest you couldn't consume any of that new wheat until it was consecrated at the temple and the same thing with the grapes you couldn't partake in the new wine or the olive oil until the feast of tabernacles and at the feast of tabernacles after you made your offerings then you could partake in that year's harvest but not until then so if my interpretation's right, the second coming of Christ and his judgment coincides with this, and it's right at the time of the Feast of Tabernacles where God, once again, will be tabernacling with us. And it kind of mirrors his first coming, September the 11th, 3 B.C., was during the Feast of Tabernacles. I thought that was really cool. Uh, we are going to the Go Therefore conference mm -hmm. in Brooksville, Ohio. Uh, that is July 28th and 29th. We've got an all-star lineup of speakers. Uh, Derek Gilbert, L.A. Marzulli, Vicki Joy, uh, Kenny C., uh, Mike Spaulding, uh, Tom Dunn. Just, Coach Dave. Yeah, Coach Dave. So just uh, all-star lineup. So, yeah, so most of them guys we've had on the show, so it'll be great to see some of them again. Me and Steve saw them uh, back in October at uh, David Hevner's church, a lot of them. Yeah. So Ben is actually making it this go-around. I will be there Friday. They're coming up Saturday. so We'll be up fr late Friday night. But, yeah, Saturday at the conference. Yes. So now you're roped in. You can't. You've already said it. You can't back out now. I'm not backing out. So if you guys want to come fellowship and uh, – meet us that'd be awesome uh we are printing a bunch of shirts to take with us uh to hand out or have some available for purchase so if you guys are interested in that find us and give us a shout but i guess uh call to action like i said earlier just uh if you get anything out of this share it share it with friends family uh there's somebody out there that can benefit from some of the stuff we're talking about and they're never going to find it if you're not sharing the wealth and helping uh, helping the ministry so we appreciate that if you have a different interpretation too i'd love to hear it 
if, if God spoke to you in a different way and, and there's something else you pulled out of this that or one of these parables that we didn't, I, I want to hear it because I, we all learn from each other. We all, iron sharp, sharpens iron, and that's that's the whole point of this. So, yeah, look forward to look forward to hopefully meeting a few of you guys, and um, we'll see you 28th, 29th in that area. Yep, and check us out Facebook, YouTube. We need to get on Rumble, Instagram, Instagram, even TikTok, TikTok, yeah. That China, that China app. Hey, people in China need the word too, brother. That is a true story. <laughs> but it's the, but it's a different TikTok. <laughs> hey guys, thanks for listening to the Dig Bible podcast. Don't be like a county worker. Get in that hole and dig some. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out our YouTube channel. See ya. <laughs>